0: Hello everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, we have some final pre-draft thoughts, and it is a very special pre-draft Tuesday mailbag because it can never be on Friday anymore. All that and more inside today's show. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 650 of Locked on Canadians. We are your daily Montreal Canadians podcast. And as always, thank you for making us your first listen. If you're listening to this on your phone, on your way to work, or at home, or whatever, or if you're watching on YouTube, which we appreciate you, make sure you subscribe. We're closing in on 1,300 followers. Uh, from both of us, a very happy post-Canada Day weekend, a post-4th of July weekend in the United States, Hopefully you mixed in a water and stayed hydrated as you drank all weekend and partied at the cottage or wherever, and you didn't lose any fingers with fireworks. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Matlin. I'm joined as always by the active stick, Laura Sabat. Laura, it is Tuesday. We are 48 hours from the NHL draft and we haven't announced this on the show because uh, the news came after our last episode. We will and be at the draft in some capacity this year. And first of all, How are you doing 48 hours from the draft as the Wright versus Slavkovsky debate rages to new unnecessary levels?
1: So before this segment is over, I want to answer the question about whether or not we'd be disappointed if they pick Slavkovsky. Uh, but first, I will say that Scott has credentials to cover the draft in person, thanks to Eyes on the Prize, uh, and we're so excited for that. So literally, like one of us will be there in a professional capacity. For those of you who've been asking, I will not be at the Bell Center. I have lots of social obligations. I will try and say hi to as many people as I can because I'll try and be around downtown. I have a wedding. My parents are visiting. It's a long story. So. I will not necessarily be around. So please, please, please don't be offended. If I can't say hi, I promise I'll try my best. But if I don't, it's not because I don't love you.
0: It is. It It was a wild. Was that was it Friday, Thursday, Friday? I can't I remember. I think it was
1: Friday because I was off, but it was, I think, the long weekend here.
0: I, I can't remember. The last few days working in a uh, beer shop have all melded together into one haze of 30 packs and 12 packs of White Claw However, uh, putting that aside for now, we've got more right versus Lefkowski debates. Elliot Friedman mentioned the Canadians have done their due diligence on Logan Cooley. They are looking to trade up. And I just kind of wanted to just do some final pre-draft thoughts because we do have a special guest lined up for Wednesday and Thursday uh, because I will be on the road starting Wednesday. I'm going to AEW in Rochester to watch some professional wrestling because I'm an adult and then uh, Carly and myself are on the road to come up to Montreal on Thursday. So we, uh, we will be recording after the first round of the draft, assuming nothing insane happens as we're attempting to leave and go home. My biggest thought is we've heard the Canadians are looking to trade up into the top portion of the draft again and make a splash. And I have come to terms with uh, what I think would be an acceptable thing is that if they are trading first overall, to move up and try and figure out a way to draft second, third, and they're going Slavkovsky and Logan Cooley. I think that it's more than acceptable. I like Logan Cooley as a player a lot. I still want them to pick Shane Wright first overall, but if they're going to trade up, they, I assume they're trying to draft both Slavkovsky and a center at the same time. That would make the most sense to me. My biggest thought is I really want this all to stop. I'm so tired and Bob McKenzie put out a like 40 tweet thread. I'm hyperbolizing a little bit here in which when he put out his ranking of who would pick Slavkovsky versus Wright, everyone picked Wright earlier in the season and now it was a 5-4-1 vote for Slavkovsky, Wright and Logan Cooley. What invalidated a lot of where how that matters to me is they did not take into account team needs when drafting. And my thought for that is then none of this matters. If you are the Montreal Canadiens, you currently do not need a winger that cannot score in his own league. You need a center that can play center in the NHL today. And right now that feels like Shane Wright. And we know we've had this debate. We've talked about it with Jerome Barube a little bit. We've talked about it with Tony Farrar. We've talked about it with Scouting, with Byron Bader, with David St. Louis. We've talked about this ad nauseum.
1: Even Maple has an opinion. I can hear Maple squeaking in the background.
0: My Even apologies the dog has an she, opinion. She <laughs> is chewing on a moose to celebrate Canada Day. She is named after a <laughs> maple leaf after all. But like, we're both so tired of this. Yeah, and-
1: okay. I just want to say one thing though. Here's the thing, okay? I think that it's been going on and it's unlikely that the canadians will get one and two right new jersey's putting out feelers montreal's putting out feelers everybody is playing a game right now everybody is playing a con right now because what's essentially happening is montreal is going to try to get the best what the best i guess base for their rebuild as possible what new jersey is trying to get is the most they can possibly get whether it is slavkovsky right uh, a Yerushak, a, a trade. They're just trying to get the most out of that second overall pick. Everybody's trying to move up. Everybody's trying to make a splash. This draft is not um, overwhelmingly amazing enough that you're losing out if you don't necessarily have a top five pick. I mean, you want a top five pick. I'm I'm get, I'm saying after maybe after that top five pick, right? Like so, anybody who's like in that like five to twenty five mark is probably willing to talk trade right so i think ottawa's made it known that they're shopping their pick i think what's going on right now is a lot of gamesmanship but at the end of the day i trust the montreal canadians to make the right decision for their organization at this time and people keep thinking oh you know what like i bet it, they pick slavkovsky i can't wait to see your face here's the thing i will not be disappointed i trust this organization to do what is right for the team? Do I prefer that they pick Shane Wright? Absolutely, for many reasons, particularly because since I've been a fan of this team, that center depth has been a big question mark. That's all I have to say. So, like, no, I won't be devastated. I won't be disappointed. You don't need a camera on my face if they go up there and say first overall is going to be Jerov Slavkovsky. I Slavkovsky. I will one day learn to pronounce his name. They might pick him just because I can't pronounce his name. Anyway, end of the day, I trust this, this organization – also, I'm feeling very, very strange right now because I moved some lighting around in my room. There seems to be a dark shadow on my face. I look evil right now. Um, <laughs> but all of this to say is that, yes, we prefer that the Canadians pick Shane Wright. But if they pick Slavkovsky, we trust that they have a plan in mind. And if they pick Slavkovsky, it's probably because they moved up.
0: Yeah, we are not dislikers of Yura Slavkovsky. We're dislikers of some of the narratives and the reasons why people are pushing that narrative. And that it seems to be just because they must be correct. It's not about the player. And I I don't have time for that. I don't care about that. It's not rooted in analysis. I have no issue with them picking Slavkovsky. I think right is the correct pick. And like we've said in another episode, if they pick Slavkovsky, they have to pick a center later on in the draft. That is going to put, to rest our pre-draft thoughts we are going to have a guest on for Wednesday's episode and the episode you will hear on Thursday the day of the yes Laura
1: if any crazy breaking news happens I will record a bonus episode but our full-length episodes are like pre-recorded for this week but if they make a trade if something happens if they hire somebody I will record you've, a bonus you've just episode jinxed it
0: by the way they're gonna drop so much news tomorrow on July 4th that it Yes, tomorrow's July 4th. Yes, I know what date it is. We're recording this on Sunday for what it's worth.
1: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's pre-recorded, but if any crazy news happens, I will have recorded a bonus episode.
0: Yes, uh, we will do our part to make sure you are up to date. And now we are going to launch into a special Tuesday mailbag, not a Friday mailbag, not a Monday mailbag, because we keep shuffling this around because of so much happening. And that's all coming up next. But first, today, we got to talk to you about Bill Bar. Bilt Bar is one of our longtime sponsors and one of our favorite sponsors they are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And I'm here to talk to you about coconut brownie chunk puff. It is a protein-infused marshmallow. It's got low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. They are ideal first thing in the morning when you need that pick-me-up on the way to work. Midway through your day, you need that little boost of energy and that little kick of protein to help get you through there. Or you're coming home from the gym or you went for a walk and you want to kind of rest up and rejuvenate. Protein helps keep those muscles fresh. Built Bar has you covered. And the best part about Built Puffs, they taste amazing. And because they're actually good for you, perfect treat for a tra- craving anytime. Stick them in the fridge, stick them in the freezer, and you get an extra special summer treat there, nice and cold. So go to built.com, use promo code locked15 and get 15% off your order. That's built.com, promo code locked15 for 15% off your order. And as always, thank you for making Locked on Canadians your first listen every day. The draft is right around the corner and the local hosts and the draft experts are going to have all the analysis you need for day one and day two. We're going to be live after the draft is over. We're going to have an episode for you. We're going to have all the reaction regardless of who they pick here at Locked on Canadians and on YouTube. So please make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast, or like I said, on this YouTube channel. It is time for a very special Tuesday mailbag. Uh, It is post-holiday, and we wanted to come up with something easy for content because we are both very tired after working all weekend on various things. As always, if you want to send mailbag questions, we'll probably be back to a normal mailbag next week after free agency on Friday. So we will have, I'm sure, a ton of questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockdownCanadiansGmail.com in the YouTube comments. Just don't be a jerk. Simple as that. Laura, what do we have in the mailbag this week?
1: So usually I go email first or YouTube first, uh, but this time around, I'm going to go to a Twitter question that we received last week, but we received it right after we stopped recording, and this is from Immortal Dark. It's three questions. One, what are your thoughts on Price's situation? Two, do you see him returning? Uh, Or is he effectively retiring like Weber? And three, do you believe the Habs are going to organically tank to try and get a top three pick next year? Or do you believe they're trying to be competitive next year?
0: My thought on the Carey Price situation is tough because I don't think he wants to go out kind of like this. But I would also not be surprised if at the end of this season, he comes in, they look at his knee and they go, guess what? It's not good enough to play right now. Uh, I don't think he wants to go out like Shea Weber. I think Kerry Price is far too competitive for that. Not to say Shea Weber wasn't, but I think Weber played through God only knows what that he could not suit up and play this season. I think Kerry Price is going to do everything he can to get back between the pipes because that's who Kerry Price is. He's competitive. He wants to win. He wants to win a cup. That's for sure. And as for uh, organically tanking, I think they're going to kind of see how it goes. Elliot Friedman and 31 thoughts that the team wants to be more competitive next year, which is not a high bar to cross considering how uncompetitive they were this year. I do not think they're a playoff team. I think they will likely pick somewhere in the top 12. And then from there, they will kind of launch into that with their younger prospects coming to roost more high end draft picks coming in. They will try and be that wild card fringe playoff team and launch that into hopefully regular playoff appearances from there i don't think they're going to blow it up like this i think you're going to see a lot of pieces go this off season and that's going to end the sell off and it's going to be a lot of prospects a lot of younger guys it might not be pretty but it's not going to be an outright tank like this past year
1: uh next question comes from curtis on youtube Mailback question. If the Habs are to trade up in the draft, which team do you believe will be most likely their trade partner? And which team would you like to see them do business with most?
0: I kind of want to see them do business with the Oilers because I think Ken Holland's an idiot. Um,
1: (laughs) I was going to say Flyers because that number five pick is what I've got my eye on.
0: I I agree with you on that. Um, I also do not think... uh, Chuck Fletcher is a very smart GM. Minnesota will back me up on that. I I look at it and I go, there's pieces there, but I can't see the Flyers trading their top five pick because they need serious help. And they're looking to sell off and retool some pieces with John Tortorella behind the bench. Ottawa's making a lot of noise, and I don't know whether I think it's a trap or it's just too easy. Uh, and I know that sounds kind of mean, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Arizona's hit or miss. Uh, I I'm very curious to see if there's a team in that mid range there, uh, between like 12 and 20 that they're going to try to move up to, because there's a, there's a lot of variants in there and there's a lot of names they could get their hands on. Uh, I, I think trading, like you said, for second overall is a little bit of a,
1: it's it's a pipe dream. I, yeah, it's going to be hard. Like, I don't think, you know, people get yelled at us when we say that, you know, it's it's unlikely. But the truth is, statistically, it is quite unlikely. There are so many other teams who want that pick. It's not just the Habs. And I, I, I love what the Habs are doing right now with, like, putting out rumors and leaks and all of that stuff. Like, I know they're playing a the long game, but I still don't think that New Jersey will trade the pick to the Montreal Canadiens. That's what I think. Anyway, I really want a top five pick again. I really, like, I looked at it and I was like, Seattle, I don't think they're going to do it. Like, they're still, they're trying to build through their own draft. They're trying to, like, you know, I don't see it happening. Arizona wants, you know, high-end players. New Jersey, probably not going to trade to the Habs, but the Flyers, that's something that you can get. So that's what I would like to see. So we've got another question on YouTube before we move on to our next segment.
0: Ooh, ooh, hold this on. For, I, I found who I want to trade with. Yeah, at cool. number 14 overall, the Winnipeg Jets. ooh. They have a team that is very unsettled right now. Uh, and it might be we trade a pick and get Pierre-Luc Dubois out of it because he's rumored to want to leave right now. And I this is gonna bite me so hard, is that I don't think Kevin Cheveldeoff is a good GM either. But uh that you is. is yeah,
1: there are three GMs you named that now are like there's a target on your back, Scott. I'm gonna run into
0: <laughs> one of them at the draft, and it's gonna be super awkward. I'm like, hey, I heard your podcast, and I'm just like what? No. Anyways. So I didn't mean to why interrupt. This is your you. credential
1: says Habs EOTP and it does not say locked on Canadian so we won't and get into trouble. We're going to
0: find out if they spelled my name right on it too. They might get me confused with another guy who doesn't actually exist.
1: <laughs> which would be the first time your name was spelled correctly, I think. Um, if they do get it right. All right, let me do this one more question before we Okay, move on to okay, the next okay. Mimo asks, thoughts on Anderson and the Oilers second, which is the around, around the 59th pick for Pliarvi and the Oilers first? Ideally, I'd send a third or a pair of thirds, but I doubt Edmonton does it for that. So we're giving Edmonton back their first?
0: No, we didn't get a first from Edmonton. We got a second from Edmonton in the Brett Kulak trade. their first. Their Edmonton's first-round pick would be coming to us with Jesse Pugliarvi, with Josh Anderson going the other way. And my thought with this is, and I know if the Canadians trade for Jesse Pugliarvi we're going to have such a headstrong debate about this, like we did with Lars Eller and other players, is that just because the points aren't there does not mean they aren't doing things efficiently. Jesse poole is a very good offensive generator without the finish to go behind it, no pun intended. Andrew Berkshire said it on Twitter, he'd be a phenomenal fit with Caulfield and Nick Suzuki on that top line. Josh Anderson's a guy really without a place right now, but he's also unique. I feel like Anderson would be a loved piece in Edmonton and he's probably one of the only guys to be able to keep up with McDavid speed wise. I'm not opposed to it. Um, It helps alleviate some of the cap crunch. Jesse Pugliarvi can get a midterm contract out of it. I don't hate that idea. Uh, I do want Jesse Pugliarvi is someone I would like to trade for. I want to make that clear. He is someone I have had my eye on for a while now and is a name that I really enjoy. Um, we do have more questions. We're going to wrap those up in our last segment. Remember, tweet us at LO underscore Canadians or Canadians at gmail.com. And when we come back, we're going to get to all your final questions and then bid you adieu. But first, today's show is all to you, also brought to you by RockAuto.com. There's so many makes and models of cars. It can be difficult to keep up and let alone going into a chain store, trying to find the part you need specifically for your car. It can be expensive, it can be intimidating, and it can just feel downright frustrating. Now, from the comfort of your own home, on your computer, on your phone, you can go to rockauto.com, look up everything and save anything from 30, 50, to even 100% on parts compared to your chain or local dealership. I'm telling you, you want rugs? They got rugs. You want a fuel filler cap? They got fuel filler cap. You want brakes? My friend, they have brakes. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com right now. Check out everything you need. And when you're done, right, lock down in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are back finishing up the mailbag. I apologize. My dog is squeaking a moose in the background. Uh, I cannot take it from her because I am recording a podcast. I She means, well, she just wants to be part of the show. She is the main character in this podcast. It's either the cat meowing or the dog squeaking something. We are back to finish up the Friday mailbag. <laughs> if you want to tweet us your questions at LO underscore Canadians for our return to Friday after free agency, lockdowncanadians at gmail.com or in the YouTube comments, please and thank you. Laura, what else do we have in the mailbag?
1: So for those of you on YouTube can see me on my phone. I'm frantically scrolling through all my screenshots. Our friend Robert Rice, a good friend from Eyes on the Price or back in the day Eyes on the Prize. Mailbag Q, Hughes makes a move and gets a pick between 10 or 15, between 10 to 15. Who is the choice that gets you doing cartwheels or just makes you cringe?
0: Doing cartwheels? one. Brad uh, Lambert? <laughs> Brad Lambert's up there, Pavel Mintukov, uh, Denton Matechuk are, are up there as names that I would really, really like. Um, if somehow Frank Nazaire falls at all, uh, he's someone i really liked since the start of the draft there. Um, moving up, there are, are a lot of names. Lambert could go either way, and we've talked about this with scouting and with Tony Ferrari. In that, he has the tools, all of them are there, just something hasn't clicked quite yet. So, uh, I don't, I haven't really looked at people that I've been like afraid of so far in the draft, but it's been mostly I'm like, what do we have? What do we like? Um, Towards the end, I'm a little weary of a guy like Seamus Casey, who has all this offensive talent, but not the defensive or the hockey IQ to go with it. Uh, When we talked about with uh, David St. Louis, uh, Philip Mishar, who has all this puck handling skill, but not everything to go along with it. Yet, as you get further in the draft, they become less polished, which is not a fault of theirs. There's a reason they're not going first overall. If everyone was perfect, it'd be Shane Wright is competing with – liam olgren to go first overall and that's just not the case
1: so i just i don't know i like for me i i'm not as well versed in the busts or like the people that like there's question marks about so i wouldn't really in the moment be able to decide but i don't know there's tons of people you know what whoever Ottawa's gonna pick that's who i would not want that's that's my answer
0: I do have a name and I think we talked about this. I can't remember if it was scouting or Tony Four, but we talked about Connor Geeky who uh skates like he's trying to put his foot through the ice. Um he's big. I think it was scouting. Yes, he's a big kid and there's the talent there. It's can he get that level? Um Cutter Gauthier is also a name that I'm kind of, you know,
1: eh, about.
0: Yeah, there there's a lot of good names basically in here. It's just a matter of Can the Canadians help them reach their next level? And that's kind of where it's at. We don't know yet. So I don't want to pass judgment on any of these guys until we see what the Canadians plan is for prospect development from here on out.
1: So uh, Hasfan fan for life wants to know if they acquire the number two pick, what would it realistically cost? Assuming they take right number one and they don't take Slavkovsky, who would they take at number two? Would love to see Cooley, but I think they'd go Nemitz or Yershek if they get that number one, number two pick.
0: I can't help but think if they get the number two pick, they're just taking Yeros anyways. Um, I don't dislike the idea of taking one of those two defensemen, though, who could step in and presumably be in the NHL this season. I don't dislike the idea of any of that. But if you're going to take a defenseman, I think you're trading for three, four or five, not two, which... Lessens the price a little bit, but you're still paying a good sum. You're probably saying goodbye to a prospect, a higher end prospect in your pool there, plus 26th overall, and maybe something else to make it worth their while. And it, it's hard because they've only, the this management team's been here for what now? About six months, give or take, a little more Something than that?
1: Something like that, yeah. Well, gordon has been a little bit longer than six months, but he was
0: about. In about that time here where they've had to do a lot of analysis on a lot of guys in a season where there's been COVID delays. There's been serious injuries. I personally am not super comfortable with them hammering into the prospect pool to move up and get someone that they might not have seen as much of. But I think you're talking a a high end prospect and 26th overall if you're moving up, but if they get one of those defensemen, does that, I think that kind of helps alleviate the pressure to make this rebuild faster uh, right now. I I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm just very curious. I don't think they're going to get two, but anywhere from like five to 10, I can see happening.
1: We've got a couple of the miscellaneous questions. One from our friend DF Pendries, host of the Canadians Time brand new podcast. It's been, I think, a few episodes, two or three. So check that out, Canadians Time. Since the pre-draft talk has gone on so long and people are getting into so many fights over it, what is your favorite bird?
0: I loved, or I do still love, Um, red-tailed hawks, uh, every now and then there's one that used to fly through the neighborhood by where my parents lived and they are majestic as hell. Um, they also sometimes leave squirrels in the backyard in terrifying manner. I also love owls. I've never seen an owl in the wild, but being able to hear owls hooting in the trees and everything is very calming. And like seeing them sometimes at zoos or aviaries and they, (sighs) they stretch out their wings and they're just these big majestic birds that also if you pet them properly they kind of like close their eyes and smile is super adorable um so great horned owl i think i would is going to be my final answer on this one
1: Um, when I was in, uh, middle school, we had, we had teams and we were named after certain birds and I was a hawk. So that was always my favorite bird, even though I didn't at the time, even know what a hawk looked like, (laughs) like. uh, but falcons are really cool actually. So I grew up in the middle East and there's some really, really cool falcons. Uh, there's two questions left. They're from our nemesis. Are you ready? Fine. (laughs) The first one is which British actor were you most surprised to learn was British because their American accent was that good? Hugh Laurie. Christian Bale. Um, Christian
0: Bale's British?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Carly from the other
0: room just went, yes. Like she's (laughs) upset with me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, there's this, like, I think he was winning a Golden Globe or an Emmy or something. He was winning something. He gets up there to do a speech, and everybody starts looking at each other like, what? It's amazing. Check it out. Um, audience realizes Christian Bale is British. Um, and then, finally, has Scott mentally prepared himself for the possibility that the Habs trade their first-round pick for some locker room presence guy, so that way he doesn't have a complete breakdown while covering the draft as an official media member?
0: I don't know, Will. Oh, I you, don't know. <laughs> Here's the thing is if I wanted to mentally prepare myself for thing, my team to do stupid things, I would cheer for the Detroit Red Wings, who kept Jeff Blashell around for three extra seasons for some godforsaken reason. Um, I have mentally prepared myself. I am always prepared for the worst when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. I've been doing this, I've been covering the team almost nine seasons now. I have come to always expect the worst possible thing to happen. That's just how this team works, that's how fandom works. If you expect nothing, you can't be disappointed unless your team does something stupid and then it's unexpected. But that's an entirely different road. I have been prepared for this basically since they got the first overall pick and the whole Slavkovsky nonsense started.
1: And that's it for our mailbag questions.
0: As always, folks, if you want to send us questions, we are at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter, LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com, LockedOnCanadians on YouTube. Uh, if you want to tweet stuff to Laura and myself, just don't be a jerk. Laura's at the active stick. I am at Scott Matla. We are very excited. We have a very special guest episode coming for you on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we will come to you after the draft where the Montreal Canadians have two first round picks. Uh, it is very exciting. We cannot wait. It's been quite the journey through this season. Remember Dominique Ducharme was a Stanley cup finalist about a year ago at this point. So, Uh, everything changes very, very quickly. Uh, We are very excited. And thank you for making us your first listen of the day. When you're done, please check out Lockdown NHL, where the lockdown experts give you all the news and details in a 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Subscribe to them wherever you get your podcasts like you will with us. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time.